1116 SEN, The Four Diego's. Welcome to The Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on behalf of The Four Diego's and uh, Vinny Venezuela is here as well. Warren Diego, who's uh, looking at his Nokia from 1975 <laughs> at the moment. And uh, Carlos Alberto Diego is here as well. Thanks to Mark Fine on another great show. He'll be back tomorrow night from Seven and also the boys from the GBU crew. Uh, have a great Christmas, boys, and uh, we'll catch up with you in the new year. Hey, uh, Vinny Venezuela, it's good to see you. Um, you weren't here last week, no. so you're fresh. Fresh. You're ready for bench. a big show? Yep, absolutely. Excellent. We've got a big show tonight, Carlos Alberto Huge. Diego. And uh, I just want to quickly, right off the bat. Yeah, I, I made the 46, by the way. Did you? Yeah, the Diego's 46, the squad of 46. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> that's right. I just missed out on the squad of 46. I mean, is it... Is there any player at all in Australian football who didn't make that squad <laughs> of the of the you know three million participants in football? You would have been unlucky not to make the squad. Simon's story is very yeah. disappointed. I was surprised to see Charlie Ankos there as well. But, um, just a bit we of a could blast. use him actually. <laughs> we could. Hey, um, hey, just quickly, uh, just want to mention a fantastic initiative: the New and Emerging Communities mm. Football Cup is happening. On the 14th of December, on the Sunday, 8.45am to 5.30pm. It's a free community event celebrating cultural diversity. Um, it's got teams from Sri Lanka, Pakistan, India, Iraq and Somalia. Make sure you get there. There's soccer clinics for women and kids on the day. It's at BT Connor Reserve in Reservoir. Make sure you check out NECFC2014 at uh, gmail.com. That's NECFC2014 at gmail.com. It's the new and emerging communities football cup. Part of the Asian Cup celebrations, and aren't we celebrating at the moment? The cup was floating around. I was in here with Alan Davidson and Kevin Hillier on Monday with the cup. We were holding it. We were talking. You know, we, you know, we were just, it was glistening in here as we were talking about uh, the... That was your talk- head, Carlos. It was, <laughs> the, it was uh, it, it, just in the lead up to the cup. They're, they're taking it all around the country. I mean, I'm, I've got a bit of Asian Cup fever right yeah, now. Yeah, I can't wait. You're not going to be here, are you, Warren, for the Asian Cup? Um, no, I'll be here for part of it. I'm actually going to New Zealand to yeah. watch it oh, as right. if I'm an international sort yes. of. But I'll be, I'll be here in spirit. You'll be, uh, and I'm back before the final. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's you'll important. Be actually, reporting on the OFC <laughs> Champions League. Yeah, I want to actually go and watch um, Auckland play. What Tackery? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can also check them out on Facebook.com. New and Emerging Communities Football Cup. Hey boys, we've got a big show tonight. Mm. The hot topic tonight, uh, Carlos, is yeah. uh, all about uh, Timmy Kale. Uh, yes, of course. We've, it was announced in the last twenty-four hours that Timmy looks like he won't be. Uh, uh, well, he's actually got a year to go on his contract, but apparently he hasn't been put on the protected list mm. uh, there at New York uh, Red Bull. So it means that he's available for a transfer now. Another MLS club can pick him up. Uh, but he can also go anywhere else around the world. And I'm, and I was sort of thinking to myself, if it's time for Timmy to come back. And there was talk about him having a chat to Sydney FC, but they didn't come up with the right number of dollars for him to make the move. But this might be the right time for him, especially after the Asian Cup. If you're looking at the good of the game, put your own allegiances aside, Warren and Vinny, Victory and Melbourne City, put them aside. The question, the hot topic for me tonight is, which team would benefit most, and, and, and the game of football or the ailing itself would benefit most by having Tim Cale join them. Would it be Melbourne City? Mm. Would it be West Sydney Wanderers? Would it be Sydney FC? Would it be one of the other teams? Who would benefit most? Uh, and, that, and we're talking about as far as the club benefiting and growing the game mm. in this country. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. And the hot topic tonight is brought to you by 4 That's our website. Uh, we want you to subscribe to our e-newsletter, 
But uh, we're going to give you a chance to win something massive. We're doing it for Johnny Warren tonight. And if you're on Twitter at the moment, uh, <laughs> make sure you go to at uh, Four Diego's because there's a photo of the Four Diego's in a wonderful uh, Johnny Warren T-shirt cap. Uh, the book, book, Sheila's Wogs and Poofters, which we're giving away tonight. So we're giving away a cap, yep. uh, a T-shirt, and the book. We've got four copies of the book. All you need to do, though, is go to our website, 4 com, subscribe to our e-newsletter, and you're in the, you're in the running to win uh, those prizes. So make sure you get there, 4 Hey, uh, now. Hmm. Hey. Now. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Now. Hey, now. That, that should be a song. North Sydney... Uh, Mariners mm. played um, <laughs> Melbourne Victory last week, yep. and uh, they played in North Sydney. And they uh, did. Warren's outraged. Well, Warren, you're outraged. What's wrong with you? Because you know Kevin Musket came out and and was pretty vocal about the pitch, and I've got to say it looked a bit odd watching the game. But um, but he came off the long run, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it's fair to say that uh, pretty much from the Monday leading into that game, he was disappointed that they were going to North Sydney to play because of the cricket pitch. And he basically said that the players would go up there and play with handbrakes on. And they did really look like they were playing with handbrakes on for the first half. But, you know, they had gears, victory. They're a damn good side. But I was disappointed, number one. I thought the psychology was all wrong. Anytime, anywhere, anyone. You know, that mentality, you know, the Ross Lyon mentality just wasn't there. He was disappointed they had to, they had to travel outside of their comfort zone, Melbourne victory. And then after the game not satisfied with a 3-0 win and taking the three points away, he basically described the game as, without being critical to the curator, he said, <laughs> the game went back 20 years in one night. Now, gee whiz. And was, was, that, was and Kev playing in Australia 20 years ago? Kev Probably. grew up playing yes. his football here. He's always he's, he's a Western Suburbs boy yes, through Sunshine and through. George Cross boy. Played as a 15, 16-year-old yep. coming through the ranks. Yep. Don't you criticise Kevin Muskett's uh, his pedigree. The and game really, went back 20 years he played, that night. He played in the old NSL, and I agree wholeheartedly. Oh. Your, your angst tonight, your bee in your bonnet, the genesis of that is that you don't like Kevin Muskett. I, you don't I, like him. Just quickly, let's remind uh, Warren hmm. of what Kevin Muskett said. Football's gone back 20 years tonight. You know, playing on a cricket pitch. And by the way, the groundsman has done a remarkable job to get it to the condition it was in. He's a humanitarian. He's saying what a great job the groundsman did. But uh, there, there you the have it. The game went back 20 years. It went 20 years. years. It went back 20 years. And I yep. agree with him wholeheartedly. Yep. I'm glad they were outraged. I'm glad they came out before the game and after the yep. game. Yep. After they, they took the three points and went home, they came out after the game. I'm glad they did it. And by the way, not only the cricket pitch, I'm going to add the aesthetic of the whole thing. I mean, they, there, was a, there was grass mounds where kids were playing five a side while the game was on. Are we talking about SBS World Game 1978 start where we get Melita Eagles versus, you know, um, I don't know, uh, Preston Macedonia, and uh, and we're playing on, on 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 stadiums where there's no seating anywhere. I could have sworn I saw some cars parked along the <laughs> on the boundary line as well. And uh, just uh, the soccer gods obviously agreed because Fox Sports went down to one camera and it was pitch side, and so I know it was all a bit oh, NSL-ish. Yes. And it's so well. easy, isn't it? As but, the Melbourne Victory organisation who have this, you know, this. 
ever-present team that gets 20,000 to 25,000 members at their home games. And they've worked damn hard to get those. And they have a go at clubs that are trying to build a bit of an alternative audience. You have no No, understanding of the demographics of Sydney. No, I don't think they have a... I don't think they're taking issue with that. I think they're taking issue with the actual pitch that... uh, that, that where they were trying to build the demographics. But, but if you get behind it, I mean, explain to me the strategy of taking the game away from Gosford, taking it to an NSL ground, and, and take it back in time. It's back to the future, right? Going back there, playing a game there where I, I'm thinking, this is North Sydney, this is North, Northern Spirit back in the, in the 80s playing here. Mm. And tell me the strategy about taking the one-off game there. Is that to grow your membership? I mean, how many members will you get actually from doing quite that? A, believe it or not, Carlos, in, in your ignorance in terms of <laughs> your lack of understanding about that part of Sydney, there's actually quite a connection between the central coast and North Sydney. So why don't they go to Gosford then? Yeah. Well, because... Keep the game in Gosford and get the North Sydney siders who are... Keen my for the ignorance, game. but they're really loving the game and they really want to see Central Coast Northern Spirit play. Why don't they go to Gosford? Get buses and get them over to Gosford. That's probably not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, but Warren, do you concede that having footballers play on a cricket pitch is potentially dangerous? No. No, I don't. You don't? No, I don't. I don't think it's that there's any issue at all. They've never played they the played game. It, they played a game you, in Adelaide. They've never played the game. They, I never heard... Victory played Adelaide yeah, two and, seasons and ago, that, and I never, no. heard, I never heard the game going back 40 years when they played at Adelaide. Victory, Victory complained about complained. the pitch at Adelaide Oval, and rightly yeah, so. Yeah, we, they, we're beyond this yep. now. We're beyond the time. And Eddie had stadiums built on an underground car and park. And that's improved out of sight. That, that's become a that's become a decent football stadium now. Warren, you're getting a lot of uh, support on the uh, SMS. Build a bridge, Warren. Poor little Warren, he's got small time syndrome. <laughs> it's all falling apart. Liverpool are a rabble. There you go. So they've made Who's the connection. That? They've made. Uh, Who's that? Well, John in Port Melbourne mainly. Oh, John. But, I love um, John. Yeah, no, absolutely. And John, fire away. Liverpool were ordinary, and they just change the I've subject. Been yeah, this, no, I've been on Liverpool. this. I've been on this for a week and a half. I don't understand. I don't understand. the. F- it's not a cardinal offence. I'm telling you now, did, did anyone have a look at the pitch, the, the pitch up in Brisbane when the rugby was being played there? You and, know, and that's the problem. And people, and people complain. We don't want this people to happen complain. anymore. We don't want this to happen anymore. And if it doesn't, if it's not, if, if Kevin Muscat and the team and the players and the PFA don't come out and make a raging, raging argument. So the argument, FFA made this decision not to build, not to grow the game. They allowed it to happen. They are trying to give autonomy to the owners, but the owners don't always know what's right. And as we can see with the West Indian Wanderers issue, when the owners only want to give 10% of the, uh, of the prize money of the Club World Cup to either play, that's a, that's an ownership decision. Okay, they're, they're not always right. I think sometimes, you know, what we've got to have is we've got to have a lot of noise. Mm. And I bet you, I bet you they don't play at North Sydney again because of the noise that Kevin Musket and the Melbourne's uh, victory and, players made. You know, and in fairness to Kevin Musket, uh, if victory had lost, the game would have gone back 40 years. <laughs> so, uh, anytime, been generous. anytime, <laughs> anywhere, anyone. Well, that's not a bad motto, but uh, didn't obviously... Didn't work they for Ross Lyon either. And they won three nil exactly. It hasn't worked for him yet. <laughs> hey, uh, the pitch was prepared by my uncle Spiro. Concrete, <laughs> concrete with green paint. Merry Christmas, guys from Theo in Hampton. Oh, Theo. 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 Thanks you, for that. Yep. Hey, let's move on now because uh, 
you know, oh, North Sydney you, Mariners lost three times. I will. It's important will. that you move on, though, Warren. Yes. Hey, let's talk about uh, the Western Sydney Wanderers. And uh, <laughs> oh, we've, had pay, another yeah. we've had pay disputes amongst us. Yeah. Carlos, you know, you shared, we shared 10... 10% of the, yeah, of the of fee, nothing. Of, of nothing. <laughs> of nothing. And, uh, and I've never and, sat and down with you boys. And somehow you still yeah. seem to get yeah. more. I've never sat down <laughs> with you guys at all to no, discuss no, anything. No, that's right. No. So, you know. But I'm with the union with this one. Are you? No, actually, I'm, of course, for those people out there who don't know what's going on, West City Wanderers are qualified for the Club World Cup uh, because they won the Asian Champions League. Uh, the Asian Champions League was covered by the collective bargaining agreement where everyone's happy. They got 50% of the prize money. The collective bargaining agreement also uh, covers the A-League. But someone forgot to put the line in about if we qualify for the Club World Cup, what's the split of the prize money, which has led to this almighty you know, debate between players and the owners. And the owners are saying, well, there's nothing in the collective bargaining agreement, so we will give you 10% appearance fee of $1.2 just for turning up, boys. Yeah. And then there's an incremental, you know, 25% if they win the next game, 40% if they win, you beat Real Madrid, which is, you got Buckley's. And then the 50% if they win the whole thing, which you got Buckley's. What, so, you don't think that on their current form they could beat Real Madrid? <laughs> <laughs> really? I'll tell you what, I would make, I would finance a movie <laughs> if they did that. If stuff escaped the victory... <laughs> this would be a movie if they did that, yeah. right? But anyway, that's the argument. So I'll throw it open to you guys. Whose side are you on? Is it the players' fault or the club's fault? Should this have been resolved? What is the issue here? If the game went back 20 years by playing at North <laughs> Sydney, it's gone back 40 years with this. Because you know what? The answer is somewhere in between. The players clearly deserve more than 10%. Absolutely clearly. But for it to occur as they're handing their passports over at immigration that they have this debate, who's who's forgotten to talk? Is it and whose responsibility what, what, is it? You've to You've been a shop steward it? before in yeah. your workplaces. Yeah, and most so, of the people that I represented so the, lost money. So, <laughs> so, 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 is it the union's fault that they didn't I would, tick I, this off? To be honest with you, militancy for it to work needs to be. It needs to be scheduled and it needs to be ongoing, not just at the time. Yeah, you can pack up your bat, bat and ball and go home, but you will look like you withdraw your labour. I reckon you'll look bad. If you've actually mounted a campaign and mounted, mounted an argument before you go on strike, I actually people think that people have got some sympathy for you. The players are right. And Bruce Jitte, was mm. he spoke really, really well on behalf of the players on Sunday night on Fox. But I think the bottom line is they're all looking at him going, why wasn't this fixed yeah. weeks ago? Because mm. PFA representatives apparently were flying up to speak to Western Sydney Wanderers guys in the lounge before they were flying over. Is it responsible? Is, is the club responsible for putting in the collective bargaining agreement what needs to be sorted out? I mean, or is it the PFA responsible isn't it a, for that? Isn't it a competition-wide bargaining agreement? Well, no, it's, they've got, you know, obviously, well, I haven't seen the collective bargaining agreement, but I'm assuming there is a section on A-League, there's a section on Asian Cup, and I think someone forgot to talk about the Club World Cup you, because you, they probably thought they'd never make it. Surely, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, sure, surely there's a, there's a clause in it that says tournaments where the club is represented internationally. Obviously not. And, and the, you know, the implication is, is that whatever tournament it is, you get the same percentage. Well, yeah. that's a clause that's not in there. No, well, because I'm, the club I'm feels, yeah, the club feels. But having said all that, we know the situation. It wasn't in the collective bargaining agreement. Mm. So what do we have now? Do you ostracise and put offside these players that got you where you are? They have built your brand from from nothing in three years. Mm. 
Paul Letterer, who is a new owner, they, who bought it from the FFA for $10 million six months ago, they're saying that the brand or the value of the club now has doubled in six months. Who did that? The players did. Oh, it's a lack of good, it's an absolute lack of goodwill on yeah. behalf of the owners. I mean, yep. 10%. I mean, fair income. You know, I don't know what figure the players were happy with. I don't know whether it had to be. Oh, their starting point was 50%, but surely the, uh, part of the issue here, Warren, is that the, the owners have refused to sit down with the players to discuss it. Now, that's disrespect, yeah, that's... a slap in the face. That is the problem. Yeah, so that on is that the side of it, I'm yeah. really siding with the players yeah. here. But yeah. the club should meet somewhere in the middle. They, they have to play. They have to play in, you know, uh, in the, in the uh, Club World Cup. They have to do that because... Um, well, if they it, don't, there's talk that they'll, they'll get fined by yeah. FIFA and banned and all sorts of things. They, so... they, they, should, they should bring their issue back home. I think. But I tell you what, if they have to do that and the club doesn't sit with them now that they want to sit with them, I tell you what, the bad blood will be there ongoing. And the thing that's made West Sydney what they are is because they've been a unit working together and this has just divided it completely. Carlos, do do you think that perhaps the owners want to clean clean house a little maybe, bit and maybe. they may be forcing the player's maybe, hand? Maybe. Because normally, you know, if there's goodwill, mm. an owner would say, listen, yep. we'll, we'll meet you halfway. Absolutely. It's the right thing to do. But uh, yeah. you're not winning games at the moment. We don't want to sack the coach because he's done a lot of good things for us. We need to sort of start afresh. Maybe it's a way to turn over, turn over your players anyway. You know, yeah. uh, you like an owner there, Vinny. Well, I think once you've got unhappy players, it's really hard to make them happy again mm. unless you're paying them more money. It's an interesting topic, and it uh, is going to be very interesting to see if they take the field. I think they will. Oh, uh, no, they'll take the they, field, they'll but they'll the be, it'll be bad taste when yeah, they get back. Absolutely will. But uh, that'll play out when they get back, I think. Hey, hey Ange Postacoglu named the uh, provisional 46 man Socceroo squad for the Asian Cup. And uh, boy. You go through the, you go through this list. Uh, I can't. I'm, there's too many. I can't even find a surprise. There's there's no surprises because. Oh, Tommy Urich, I thought you know really. <laughs> I mean, he's the, what, scored the, a couple the, of the goals. New Mark Maduka. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, I'm glad he got named, but uh, you know, it's good if, for if some. If Nathan of the young Burns blokes. doesn't get in this squad at the moment with the the form he's in, I'd be I'd be more surprised about that. Yeah, for Mustafa me, Amini was a was an interesting name for me. He, I saw him. Um, yep. In a game on TV uh, a couple of weeks ago, he's actually very sharp. Playing in the third tier of German football, but, but he actually looked yeah. looked good. No, that's okay. But I, I think he's going to have he's got half an eye on that Russian 2018 squad, of which the Danny De Silva's, the Josh Risdens, the um, Mustafa Romini, these sort of players will get a look in, and I think that's just giving them the message that I'm looking at you. I think uh, if there was ever any doubt that you were completely going to be ignored for future squads. I think Luke Wilkshire, who's playing in the Eredivisie at the moment for Feyenoord and playing regularly in the top league in Mm. Holland and didn't get a gig in a 46-man squad, I think if ever he was in any doubt that he was never going to play for Australia again, I think the proof is there. I will say this, and no disrespect to Ange, because there's a clear plan, there's a clear vision. It's It's hard to defend that on where other players are playing or currently not playing. Yeah. Now, I know there's an issue around behaviour. discipline and yes. behaviour that was sent, and that's probably the reason, because you'd have Will... If Luke Wilshere was a good role model for young players and was prepared to be, you know, in-house, he, he should be there, definitely. So, not that it was... He spoke around it. It wasn't ever yeah. mentioned... But that could be the only reason. And yeah. it must say 
that whatever happened the last time he was in camp must have been extremely significant because yep. it's undefendable on performance where he's playing at the moment. I can tell you, from what I know, the the group of players who are leaders made the decision on the spot. Wow. Pick up your bag, go home. Go and pack your toiletries, pack your room, off you go. And the players made that decision. So... I don't know what I don't know what happened, but gee, that that sounds pretty serious when the players make that decision. It is, yep, interesting stuff there. Uh, what about uh, fantastic for Danny De Silva, wasn't it? Uh, young young bloke yep. from Perth, uh, you know, he's in he's in this squad, so uh, he was. I think he was always going to be picked for this squad, but um, hmm. great for that young bloke too to to be part of this. So you know, really thrilling. But what's the purpose of picking such a big squad right now? Like, are they going to play together, and mm. or is he just saying, "Look, I'm looking at you. Be aware that I'm looking yeah, at you." I think that's a really big sign. Uh, we've had a lot of stories in the media since the announcement of players who won't get picked for the 23, but they've come out and said, "I'm really proud to be associated with this and all that sort of stuff." And all these players know that you know there's still going to be a, that group of players like Bresh and Timmy Cale, Josh Kennedy, who probably won't be selected for any more World Cup qualifiers after this, and so they know that. The chance is coming very soon. So I think it's a really good message that Angie's sending. And also the AFC said, look, you can pick anyone, any, any number between 23 and 50 players for your provisional squad. And Angie's saying, well, let's send a message to everyone that they're still all included. Um, and, and because World Cup qualifiers happen pretty soon after the Asian Cup. It's a couple of months. Well, you couldn't the... go four more players just to round it up and <laughs> give someone else a glimmer of hope. Yeah, I think but we're. Well, <laughs> it was interesting that John Van Schip came out and said that he believed that Josh Kennedy would mm. not get picked, and he believed that Aaron Moy would be the only only player in the squad. Now, I don't know whether he was talking about the final squad of 23. That's how I read that. Or whether he yeah, was no, thinking the wider no, squad. No, I think Josh has not played since August because of his back, and I think that's mm. what he was referring to because he hasn't played a lot. Um, that's why he thinks that he probably won't get picked for that. But he's certainly not at all suggesting that he's not good enough for that squad. And the other thing, too, is if they play with Timmy up top, uh, Josh is just a straight swap with mm. Timmy, really. The the biggest question for this Socceroo team, or one of the biggest questions for me going forward, is um, obviously who who's going to replace Timmy Cahill when the time comes, but more importantly, who's going to replace Bresciano? When, mm. And like your Aaron Moore, you, you hope, I guess you're hoping that someone like him is going to take that place, and that's why... You hope that to, to groom him. Yeah. I really, I mean, I genuinely think he's up to it, Aaron Moy. I mean, I he'd be one of those guys on the periphery of the 23, I'd say, because there's a lot of his mould of players in that sort of midfield sort of area. But I'd love to see him make it. But it's going to be, mm. look, you look at that group, Carlos, and you've talked about the gold that that this group could become the golden generation in terms of players. If you look at the forty six in total, there's a lot of guys that you're hoping can improve ten percent that will then really make this group yep. a group of a great amount of depth that we mm. probably haven't had in previous times. I'll, I'll reassess what I said after the World Cup about this group being the best ever group of Socceroos that we'll ever have. Once I see them perform in the Asian Cup, I just still think because they were friendlies we played in the last five or six games, that wasn't enough intensity for them to. But if what what I see in this Asian Cup will make me feel better about what I said or worse about what I said. 
Yeah, looking forward mm. to seeing. Looking forward to seeing someone like if Nathan Burns actually yeah. makes it through to the to the final twenty three. That'll be very interesting. Good for him to get selected as well. Mm. Hey, let's take a break. But as we go to the break, uh, Diego's tonight's show is like an episode of Four Corners so far. <laughs> when will we return to drivel and yeah. frivolity? Thanks, there, Ollie. We'll do that right after this break on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On 11.16 SEN, the Four Diego's. Yes, we're here on a Wednesday night as we always are. We'll be here next week as well for two hours. I won't be. Yes. You I'm won't. not coming in. All right. I'm no sick worries. and tired of the abuse that I copped from Carlos in particular. I've had it. And John in Port Melbourne. Oh, no, John in Port Melbourne's okay. Maybe we Carlos can get John in your place. Me. Yeah, I mean, you just you just lack intimacy because <laughs> I wanted to give you a hug before and you just wouldn't come near me. Yeah. You know, yeah, just, yeah, you're a little bit of a suit there, yeah, Carlos, yeah. though. <laughs> you know, so there's a time and a place yeah. for that. And, you can't uh, get close to Warren. Bare-chested hug he's from a, Carlos. He's a complex, is not, not complex character. Point. Well, you're very scary when you take your shirt off, by the <laughs> way, Carlos. There's still a Dutch kid um, that saw Carlos with his bare chest at the game in, at the World oh, Cup. I know. still having nightmares yeah. on top. It's good hey, counselling, I've heard. Exactly. Don't forget, uh, make sure you go to 4diegos.com and subscribe to our e-newsletter, and you will have the chance to win the Johnny Warren T-shirts that we're displaying beautifully on Twitter at mm. 4 Diego's. Uh, caps as well, and the fantastic book, Sheila's Wogs and Poofters, an incomplete biography of Johnny Warren and soccer in Australia. We've got four copies of those to give away. All you need to do, as I said, is go to our website, 4diegos.com, and subscribe to our e-newsletter because we're giving the love away. And the books, the Sheila's Wogs and Poofters books, mm. have been signed. Not that They're there's signed anything copies. wrong with that. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either until you I got opened a fantastic tweet from Jay. <laughs> Jamie Warren, as we speak, he's uh, listening to us from Sydney, mm. and he just wanted to correct us. No, that's fine. Well, tell Sign us. copies. No, to tell us. Sign copies. Sign copies. There you go. Go to 4 and subscribe to our e-newsletter. Thanks uh, to Jamie Warren and the Johnny Warren Foundation Great for t-shirts giving too, it up. Great t-shirts, too. I don't think we did justice to them. Yep. Well... Vinny looked like a rapper in his. <laughs> yeah, he did. I, I, look look like a, I look like a concreter. Yeah. Why did they give us two, Rodrigo, the... Uh, the lycra body hugging <laughs> Well, I think our bodies just fill them out nicely. <laughs> well, they did, didn't they? They yeah. did. They did. Hey, um, we've got Mike McGrath coming up mm. pretty shortly, but uh, I want to talk about uh, something that the uh, chief executive of um, the Cronulla Sharks in the NRL, Lyle Gorman, who was the chairman at, uh, at uh, Western Sydney Wanderers, is basically, what's he suggesting? He's suggesting that in the future sometime, in a couple of years' time, that uh, Cronulla Sharks should... Um, buy a an A-League team or um, put in a bid for an A-League team. Now, Warren, you're familiar with oh, Sydney. As when you've got a history of just being managed so effectively as Cronulla <laughs> has. I was just about to say, they can't even look after their own club, can they? No, Is it, it no. another Collingwood Warriors? Uh, Is it that not, bad? You wouldn't go near... Look, Cronulla's very close to St George in mm. the southern part of Sydney, and yep. it's sort of like a... It's not an exclusive area, but they're very parochial and very, um, I mean, you cross a bridge between Cronulla and St. George and they're the, and the St. George area, that Cronulla area has got a history. I mean, Johnny Warren played for St. George Budapest and it's a very strong football area, but that could be said for all parts of Sydney, to be honest with you. I mean, I just think that any connection between one code and another code, as with Carlton and the Collingwood Warriors... That's the stuff of 20 years ago when we played on fields with cricket pitches in the middle of them, you know? Sorry, is this Kevin Musket talking right now? <laughs> yeah, come on, keep no, going. No, I just, it, 
it won't work. And will take I'm us bit, back twenty years. I'm always skeptical of these code hopping chief executives. No, now, it's, Gal- it's, David no, Gallup's it's one. different. This one's a little bit different in okay. that the, the the CEO of Cronulla. Yes. By the way, I agree with you on this one. Yep. But the CEO of Cronulla is a football person. Yeah, he is. Who, by the way, not only did he have in charge of West Sydney Wanderers, but he's also head of the A League before yes, that, yeah. and then Central Coast Mariners. Yeah, I just didn't have his resume. In front yeah, of me. that's right. Mm. So, but you you wonder whether it'd be a different whether the respect would be there for a football club, and the resources would be generated differently because the problem with a, you can't you a can't rival code. Yeah, the the problem with a rival code actually. You know, bringing in a, a team into a competition to, in a rival competition is that there's limited, finite resources, and no no team in Australia's got enough to run its own club, let alone, you know, uh, uh, spend for another uh, rival code that you're actually vying for sponsorship money, vying for fans, memberships. Yeah, look, Lyle, get your house in order first. I mean, you're a fantastic. Uh, executive, a sports executive, and uh, I'm sure he'll do well for for that uh, the Sharks club. But uh, you know, get your house in order before starting to look further. Can I ask a question? Apart from Western Sydney, is there another pocket no. where they can go to where there's you know that's just waiting for the no, game to go no, to it? Vinny, I can't. I mean, Sydney's going to be I don't know. It's five million people now. Will probably be six or seven million, but. If you include Newcastle Central Coast and then you add Western Sydney Wanderers and Sydney, you've effectively got four teams within 150 mm. kilometres of each other. Uh, not to say that there couldn't be another team in Sydney, but I would have thought that you'd be looking to grow the game in other locations first. But they've got Central Coast for that. They'll just send them all around the state. <laughs> yeah. To play I mean, cricket I, pitches. I don't know, I don't know where you'd, where you'd pick, put a, another team. Like, could it go to northern New South Wales, you know, the border with Queensland? They've tried two teams. They've tried a team on the Gold Coast. I don't know if a different owner under different circumstances could make the Gold Coast work. I'm not really sure. That's a fantastic stadium for football if the owner actually let people into it. But it's hard to know where the... I mean, I suppose Sydney, there's southern Sydney, yes, where Cronulla is actually out of and St George. But I don't know where you'd could, go next. Could Western Sydney house another team? Could you have another team in Western Sydney? I, I think I think you'd probably have the existing, the incumbent team there kicking and screaming, yep. not to have anything in there. Um, you're just not sure what might mm. happen. I mean, it's been a real dream run at the moment over mm. the last three years. But with this issue with the owners and the pay right now, and the fact that they're not winning games right now, all it takes is for a really bad refereeing decision. Yep. Those fans are feral up there, so they could, you know, you, don't, you just need some bad publicity for it to die there, you know, to, or to die down, not die, but die down. Yep. So I don't know whether I'm not convinced fully yet that they've won over West Sydney completely, Cause even could, though it's, it's even though it's fantastic right now. What we don't want, we don't want a team coming up and then only lasting That's for a right. couple of years That's and right. then having to retreat. Mm. That would be embarrassing. Absolutely. Hey, let's uh, let's take a different turn now and let's go to our man in the UK, Mike McGrath, who's uh, joined us on the line. G'day, Mike. Welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. I'm Rodrigo here. We've got uh, Vinny, Carlos and Warren wants to ask you the uh, question. Yeah, Mike, it's uh, Warren here. I'm so happy at <laughs> the moment talking to you. But um, I've got to ask you the Liverpool question because they reminded me of the three little pigs. You know, they huffed and puffed, but... <laughs> Their house was made of straw, really. There was not a lot 
other than a brilliant free kick from Stevie G. And I just wonder uh, yeah. where you see this symbolically in Liverpool's season and where do they go from here? What If you had a crystal ball, where do you see them going from here, bearing in mind they've got the curse of all curses, which is the Thursday games in Europa competition? Well, I was actually lucky enough to be there last night. Um, it was a, the atmosphere was incredible for the last nine minutes, and but you know for the 83 minutes before that it was it was a thrashing. Mm. It was just it was you know men against boys. Um, it was so bad from Liverpool. It, you, 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 could, you know it, it was um, it was appalling really, and it was a one-all thrashing in the end, despite that finale. So I think there's got to be a lot of um, uh, you know. A lot of work on the training ground, which you know Brendan Rodgers unfortunately won't be granted because they'll have Thursday games now in the Europa League um, in in the new year. So it's going to be really tough to pull this round and and get something out of this season because um, they're just not at the moment. They're just not firing. I mean, there was I think Steven Gerrard, you know, has to take plaudits for that great free kick. I think Jordan Henderson put a, put a really good shift in, but apart from that, there's some really poor performances, and that's that's you know it's difficult when you have that many players playing poorly. Mike, it's Carlos uh, Raheem Sterling. Where's he at with his game at the moment? He, came, he burst onto the scene. He looked fantastic playing alongside Suarez. He always looked like a, a difference player or a bloke that can win your games last season. This season. You know, from you know, you heard the stories early on that he couldn't train for two days after a game because he was too tired and uh, and he had to be looked after and you know putting cotton wool and even last night, you know, watching him play, I just thought, you know, this is not the player that we saw burst onto the scene a couple of seasons ago. Yeah, I think the the, the difference in Sterling from this year and last year is that last year when he was on the ball, he almost knew what he was going to do before he got it. And he was just away first time. I just think he's thinking about it a bit too much. He's stopping the ball and then thinking about taking his man on rather than just hitting the accelerator and, and, and going past people. Um, it's, it's obviously a difficult second season syndrome. People may have worked it out a bit. It's not helped by the fact that he's not playing with Suarez or the fact that for periods yesterday he was actually playing up front on his own and they were pinging long balls to him. And then he gets on the ball and he's sticking crosses in and he was meant to be the striker. So it's, it's difficult. It's de- I mean, he's still got that star quality that you can see. Um, I just think he needs other players around him to kind of G him up as well um, and, and a couple of good performances to kind of get the confidence back. So I think that's what it is as well. Mike, uh, Vinny here. I want to ask you about Arsenal. I know I've, I've posed this question about Arsene Wenger to you before, but, you know... They're in the EPL, they lose against Stoke, but then they, in the Champions League, they're going through. Is success in Champions League enough to keep Wenger in the job, or are, are the fans over there going to get toey and, and really start saying, "Well, it's it's time to to, to make a, a shift"? Well, there's obviously a vocal, you know, it, I think it is a minority. Um, but it's certainly a split, uh, even if it's not 53. I think there is, it, Arsenal fans are split on whether they acknowledge what Wenger's done when he first came here and the last 10 years, which have, apart from the FA Cup, have been barren. Um, I, I think 
it's it, it really is decision time now for Arsenal. But you know, who's going to who's going to replace him? Who's going to sack him? Um, I think he's going to have to walk away himself. It's it's a really difficult situation. Is it enough? Personally, if I'm a fan of a uh, of a club, I, I love the the glory, the glory, the cups, um, so the near misses. I don't really think fourth place in Champions League football, especially when you haven't won the Champions League, um, is really good enough. In, in my eyes, no, I, I, I don't like that as a, as a fan. I, I, I prefer. You know the, the the days that you remember, not the uh, not the fourth places. Mike, that's a real problem though at Arsenal at the moment because there were stories in the in the uh, in the stands at uh, at Stoke that there were clashes between fans, but the fans were Arsenal fans. They were clashing between themselves. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, the pro Wenger lobby with the anti Wenger lobby, and that's the problem because you don't get. Usually, when the team's not going well, everyone hates the coach, and they all got the you know sack the coach, you know placards up. But at Arsenal, it seems like there's still that really strong pro keep Wenger, and then they're going, you know, they're, they're up against you know these anti Wenger mob, and they're fighting themselves in the yeah, stadium. Inc- inc- I mean, an incredible bit of uh, radio as well, which I'm sure you guys will appreciate, was from the actual Arsenal TV themselves. Uh, they they put out the audio of, of fans, I'd say, debating uh, hotly on whether Wenger should stay or go. And, you know, these are passionate fans who thought very, very strongly um, on on their side of the argument. It, uh, I can't really think of another um, manager who's, who's kind of split loyalties like this. But, you know, up at Newcastle, even at West Ham, it was 100%. We want these guys out. Pardew and, and Big Sam, they've survived. And now it's probably going the other way. 100%. Mm. We want, you know, we're fans of them. Um, this is a real split and, and, you know, absolutely unheard of that, you know, people would be scrapping in, in between the, their own away support. Um, you know, I don't, you know, absolutely unheard of. Mike, um, for all the huffing and puffing and of Chelsea, at this point we have Man City sitting only three points behind Chelsea in the run for the race for the title, and that would have seemed, you know, amazing two or three weeks ago. Sergio Aguero not playing for six weeks. Have Man City got the the grunt and the determination to withstand an injury like this and just manage to hang around Chelsea? For long enough to make it a bit closer than we think. Yeah, I I do think so. I, I think what Chelsea um, perhaps lack is that know-how that Man City had being underdogs last last year. I think look, Chelsea they've got winners throughout their team, but I just think City kind of thrive in being uh, the underdogs. You know, I mean tonight they're playing Roma, and if they win. They may well get through to uh, the, the Champions League knockout stages. Nobody gave them a prayer two games ago. That, this is the kind of situation that they that they thrive in. I think it's I think it's been really good for the league because it was struggling. It was struggling a few weeks ago because it looked like even worse in Spain when it's a two or three horse race. It looked like a one horse race. Whereas now I think it's going to get exciting. I think it's, I think. Chelsea probably still will edge it, but I'm, I'm gearing up for an exciting season rather than, um, you know, just a stroll for, for Jose Mourinho's guys. 
Now, Mike, you go to the press conferences. You're you're there with Jose. You see the body language. You you get a vibe. What do you think upsets him more, that they lost against Newcastle or that Real Madrid are just doing so well without him? <laughs> I think Newcastle definitely. It's um, I, I, we, we don't really... Uh, Jose's kind of Chelsea through and through. It's almost like... It might be a, a, a strange perception, but it's almost like he was odd jobbing at these massive clubs, but Chelsea is really where he belonged. So now it, it's almost... Um, it's almost like you don't think of him as the guy who left Real Madrid uh, before they, you know, got the the decima. Um, yeah, I, I I just think um, it really did hurt him that defeat at the weekend. Despite him saying I don't care about um, invincibles or statistics, I, I do think he was genuinely upset. Um, his body language was uh, was. Uh, you know, he was sullen and he was blaming on the ball boys, which, um, you know, you've got to find somebody to blame. And, um, and yeah, that, that did hurt him. But I think also, I think this will, this is almost the best thing that could happen for Chelsea as well. You say he's, um, oh, sorry. Keep going. No, I think they needed something to really, to kind of, fire them a little bit they were getting a little it was getting all a bit too easy for him just quickly you say he's Chelsea through and through do you think he would have taken the man new job if uh, Sir Alex had, had uh, anointed him uh, I think I, probably, um, I think that would have been a really tough decision um, Chelsea or Man U if that was the two choices but you just don't I think nobody turns down Man U I, they, they could be 12th in the league, or they could be uh, champions like when David Moyes took over. I just don't. It's one of those when they come calling. I think you've got to say yes. That's <laughs> that's that's why I reckon anyway. Um, regardless who you are, and I think you know Pep Guardiola would probably do the same if he was offered it. Hey, Mike, it's only hypothetical anyway, so uh, I, yeah, reckon, exactly. I, I reckon he would have taken it as well. Hey, <laughs> hey, thanks for your time as always, Mike, and we'll catch up with you again uh, soon, probably, hopefully next week. Cheers, See you, Mike. There's yeah, Mike McGrath from the UK. Week. Thanks, mate. Um, we will catch him. We'll say Merry Christmas to him next yes, week. Yes, of course. Sure we do that. Hey, let's take a break and come back with uh, more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. <laughs> On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. And coming up after Diego's, it's all night appetite from 12 till 6 with Darren Parkin. Hey, um, just again, the show tonight brought to you by the Four Diego, well, com. That's our website. Yes, we uh, did a deal with the uh, the guys who run fourdiegos.com. <laughs> yes, That's us. And uh, all, <laughs> we're giving it away. We want to, you to go to our website, fourdiegos.com, subscribe to our e-newsletter, and because you do that, we're going to put you in a draw to win a fantastic Johnny Warren uh, T-shirt or cap. Um, there's also the great book, Sheila's Wogs and Poofters, the incomplete biography of Johnny Warren and soccer in Australia. It's a great Signed read. copies. It's signed copies. We've got four to give away, Sheila's Wogs and Poofters. Make sure you go to our website and you run, go into the draw to pick up a T-shirt, a cap of Johnny Warren, and a wonderful book signed by the great man. So, fordiegos.com is where you need to go. Hey, Warren, you gave uh, Melbourne City a massive bake. On <laughs> yeah, the John show. Van Skip actually called me um, during the week and thanked me. Did he? <laughs> Personally. Yeah, well, personally thank me because they got Spider, our producer, to actually cut Appa- the audio up. No, no, apparently the, the 
players were made to listen to it live. Yeah. <laughs> at 5 to 12 last Wednesday night. Yeah, and, and then again at half time. God, yeah. that was smooth. <laughs> Oh, it was the weekend of soft penalties. We, we've known it? you <laughs> a long, long time. Mm-hmm. You've been yep. a Diego since day one. Yep. Uh, I've never heard you so emotive. Mm. So I, I've never heard such a cry of pain. Mm. Yep. It, it was emotional. It's a cry for help, too. Because I jumped off Liverpool, whereas I've stuck yeah, yeah, with Man City. Uh, 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 we saw, Vinny wasn't here. Vinny was at his birthday celebration. Vinny, there were tears welling up in this... Rang his eyes. I can't believe he, can't believe he didn't call me. I would have been there for him. I know, but it it got him over the line. I'm not sure they've got they've got a 47 day break before they play their next game, which is unfortunately Melbourne victory. You know, you know anyway. what Ramsey out of the right back position. That right, yeah, right, and the right left he back. Came I mean. on as a sub and played up. Do you reckon? Front? You know how they he's warming up on the sideline, and John Venskip has a few words to him with the clipboard before he goes on. Yep. Do you reckon he said something like, "You are banned yeah. from going anywhere near left back position. Yeah. Stay away from I here. You, Stay away from that." They've position. lost um, Damien Duff until oh, Christmas how, with how old I'm, man's how, injury with how, a calf. But, but that's what Corin went with. Yeah, Corin's gone with the calf. Are you going to point the finger at the sports science guys there? Who is it? I don't know. And Jacob Melling. Yeah, oh, I like him. Good player. He's, good they've player. found one there, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good player. But I think he could be. He went off early too with an injury. I think there were scans. Really? Yeah, but um, I don't know about Melbourne. See, I look. They've lost that Western Sydney Wanderers game. Now they go into the victory game. I don't think even their best is good enough to be victory. I have to actually be magnanimous and say that victory have got gears. They've got multiple gears. Like they've got overdrive. I think they're going to win the whole thing. I really do. Jeez. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey, what did you think of uh, Adelaide United against uh, Western Sydney Wanderers? They only scored two. They should have scored Gee, they two. Was it was a clean yeah, Gee, they were good. Weren't they good? They were oh. good. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say that this Adelaide team, the way they played special, I know against 10 men and all that sort of stuff, but they were even on top in the first 15 minutes before Topo Stanley, Stanley got uh, red carded. But I'm going to say this right now. This Adelaide United side is better than the best Brisbane Raw side. You know, in the green the room, I was going to raise Ooh. that as a hot topic. Is the is this? Yep. I would have thought I would have put victory and Adelaide in the same category and saying, are they better than the best Brisbane team? Uh, no, victory is. I think victory at the moment can match the Adelaide side, but the way Adelaide play football uh, and the um, what do you call it the the variety they have in their game to keep possession because Brisbane were adamant they were going to play at the back. They played the same way all the time, all short through midfield, never raised the ball at all. But Adelaide's willing to change the point of direction. The diagonal balls, the key to the team. oh gee, uh, they mix the ball up and they just bamboozle teams because they don't know what they're going to do next. So you're basically saying to watch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, they're, they're not necessarily going to win it because I think Victory are still probably got their match. Mm. But geez, the second goal. <laughs> Diego Ferreira yeah. scored off the little yeah. uh, Beautiful. elevated back heel, I think, from Sergio Thirio. Yeah, It's amazing. Nice, nice Spanish there, Warren. <laughs> hey, that's it for this week's show. Don't forget All Night Appetite with uh, Darren Park and on after the Diego's. Hey, special thanks to the Johnny Warren Foundation mm. uh, for the bounty of uh, wonderful prizes, the T-shirts, the caps, and also signed copies of Sheila's Wogs and Poofters. Make sure you go to 4diegos.com and subscribe to our e-newsletter and... One of those prizes, or all of them, can be yours. Mm. That's it for this week's show. Don't forget, we're back next week. Uh, we're going to say Merry Christmas to you then. So remember, Carlos. We were Puerto Rican girls. Hang out. We'll, we'll be there. there. Wherever you samba, rumba, and la bamba. We'll, we'll be there. there. Remember, there are girls with fruit on their head and balls on their feet. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. Wherever gringos play football. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We are the Four Diego. Olé. Olé.